go. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, September the 9th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what have we been doing on Wednesdays for the past 20 weeks? We've been examining C.F.W. Walther's lectures that he gave in 1884 and 1885 to seminary students on Friday nights. Uh, Today, we're going to be taking a look at his 21st evening lecture. That took place on March the 6th, 1885. And it's on thesis number 10. There's 25 of those. And rather than use one each Wednesday, for example, number nine had seven evenings. So we take a look at the evening lecture. Last week, we looked at the first part of Thesis 10. Now we're going to look at the second part. Let, Let me read Thesis 10. You are not rightly distinguishing law and gospel in the word of God if you preach that dead faith can justify and serve in the sight of God while that believer is still living in mortal sins. In the same way, do not preach that faith justifies and saves those unrepentant people because of the love and renewal it produces in them. So last week, we gave an example of dead faith. It really is talking about what the word faith means. And those were the unbelieving Pharisees. They believed what the Bible had to say in regard to history. They believed in six 24-hour day creation. They believed in the Noahic flood. They believed in crossing the Red Sea. They had no problem with the miracles by the prophets. But they did not believe that when Jesus came, that he was a fulfillment of the Old Testament. They did not believe that he was God himself. And so Jesus even says to these believers of the Bible, you have as your father the devil. So the 21st evening lecture kind of begins this way. C.F.W. Walther says, If you take a look at the world, and he's referring here to the world of unbelievers, they regard Christian religion to be impossible. And I have said this many a time. The Christian religion is logical, but it is not reasonable. We come up with the doctrine of the Trinity by means of logic. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Therefore, logically, there are three persons, but the Bible says there's only one God. That's not reasonable, but it certainly is logical. C.F.W. Walther goes on, and he talks about the sacred books of the Hindus and the Muslims. And many in the world 
equate these two religions with Christianity because they're looking at books that they say were supernaturally revealed. And therefore, reading those books helps them to understand how they are saved. But the world's argument, therefore, it doesn't really matter what a person believes or disbelieves because true religion, and you see this all the time in newspaper articles and magazines, consists of only leading an upright life, exercising virtue, doing good works. The world claims that if there is such a thing as God and final judgment, on the last day, people will not be asked what they believe, but what kind of lives have you led? That's really what is similar about every other religion outside of Christianity. Are you able to do good works? And they claim that if the Father in heaven is especially pleased with a person's faith, it's because that faith is such a glorious work and a beautiful virtue. In fact, we even have Christian denominations telling people that they can create faith in their heart by inviting Christ into their heart. It's what they do that results in whether they have faith. Now, what causes, Walther asks, these objections to the understanding of proper faith in Christian doctrine? And his answer is, coarse ignorance is the primary source. I kind of like watching some of the YouTube things done by Jordan Peterson. He's a psychologist out of the University of Toronto who is against radical left kind of thinking. Uh, for example, he has great lectures why you really can't make women equal to men in the sense of outcome. If that were so, you would have to have laws that say you cannot hire another nurse in a country that has 90% women until men also have 50% of the nursing jobs. And also about engineers. The vast majority of engineers are men. Well, you can't hire any more until women get up to that level where 50% of the engineers are women. Yeah, we could spend a, a lot of time talking about radical left theology or philosophy, but we're going to deal instead from a religious point of view. I heard Jordan Peterson debating with a Jewish individual. I looked at this yesterday and it was clear that both of them were ignorant of the Christian teaching and the Jewish teaching in the sense of what's in the Old Testament. 
For example, the Jew made the point that the difference between Judaism and Christianity is that in Christianity, faith, a person ends up being declared righteous, not by his works. Whereas in Judaism, no, it's works that really make the difference in God's eyes. They may have faith, but it needs to evolve into works. And I'm listening to this Jewish person who appears not to know what the Old Testament teaches. In Psalm 22, it's clear that the Messiah will be pierced in hands and feet. What, what, what's that talking about? In Isaiah 53, another Old Testament passage, it reveals that the Lord has laid on him, the Messiah, the sin of all of us. He becomes sin for us. By his stripes, we are healed. They even talked about Abraham, but they really misunderstood the main item about Abraham. Remember God came to Abraham and indicated that he was going to have a child with his aged wife, Sarah. Now she was way past childbearing age, but Abraham believed it. And God declared him righteous because of that faith. Abraham remained a sinner. So I find listening to people who think they understand Christianity and the Old Testament, that they really miss the point. So ignorance is the cause, and that's why we take people through adult instruction or youth confirmation in order to share with them the true meaning that is found in Christian doctrine. In fact, here's a statement by Walther. Christian doctrine declares that simply sticking to the teachings revealed in Holy Scripture is useless. In fact, this approach leads straight to hell. Now, I've said this a number of times. I've met with a whole bunch of groups of people. One of my favorite questions is this. If you believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, will you go to heaven or hell? And almost everybody says heaven. And I say, no, they'll probably go to hell. And, and they can't understand that because they believe that Christian faith means that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Now that's called historic faith. It is a true item, a true event. But just like the Hindus and Muslims believe the history of their religious books, they're not saved because they don't believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. What is saving faith is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and he rose from the dead for my justification. In other words, the gospel teaching of the Christian faith is not limited to the historical events that occur in the Bible, but is expanded into the promises 
connected to those historical events. Now, what has happened is that there are a lot of churches that say the reason faith saves is because it results in good works. And this is where he summarizes the previous week and gets ready for this week's lecture. He says, a week ago we discussed that faith is not dead and lifeless, but something that transforms and renews the heart. It regenerates a person and brings the Holy Spirit into his soul. Tonight, we will focus on the second part of the 10th thesis, which states that the word of God, law, and gospel is not distinguished rightly, but mingled when one preaches that faith justifies and saves because of the love and renewal it produces. Now, Walter makes a very good point that saving faith does produce good works, but it is clear from the Bible that God does not regard the good works as the cause of your salvation. In fact, he quotes from Romans 4.16. That is why salvation depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring. Well, what's that saying? Well, it's the promise that one believes. When you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, that isn't limited to believing the historical events of his miracles or of his death, his resurrection, his ascension. It instead believes the meaning of those miracles. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he himself says, well, they saw the miracle, but they missed the sign. They jumped to the conclusion that Jesus was going to be a new bread king. And so they wanted to follow him to make him king, get rid of the Romans, and have enough food and possessions to take care of them in the new Israel. Walter makes the point, justification, and that's when God regards you as righteous in his sight because you receive the righteousness of Christ, takes place by grace through faith, not because of any good qualities inherent in faith. Justification is based on the fact that Jesus has already done what was necessary and people just need to receive and believe that good news. Walther says the way to salvation is we contribute nothing toward our salvation, but trust in the finished work of redemption of Jesus Christ for our salvation. Faith does justify but it justifies because it receives the merit of Christ and believes it. Faith, he says, is only the hand 
with which we grasp what God offers. And he quotes Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Here's what Paul says. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, namely obedience to the commandments, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that depends on faith. You are declared righteous by an alien righteousness. What does that mean? That means God sees in us absolutely nothing that he could credit to us as righteousness. So he brings righteousness not from another planet, alien, but from heaven itself when Jesus became incarnate. Romans 4, verse 5. And to, to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, he is now made godly by faith. His faith is counted as righteousness. He spent some time on Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that we use a number of times. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's not a result of your works. It is a gift of God so that no one may boast. Now, he gets into the theology of the day of the Reformation, that is the Roman Catholic theology. And here's what the Roman Catholics teach, that when you have faith, good works follow, and it is the good works that complete your salvation. No. Luther says the Christian religion is really a religion of gratitude. In other words, yes, the Christian does good works, but not in order to earn salvation, but as a way of thanking God. And God, therefore, looks at our trust in the promises as sufficient for giving us the reward of righteousness. In fact, take a look at Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats, and you will find out that the works done by Christians are fruit of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit moves a Christian. Now, Walther does talk about the Roman Catholic teaching that seems to say that we're saved by faith. But then if you read closer, for example, to the Council of Trent, uh, the Roman Catholic teachings on what they believe, they say you're justified and saved by faith, provided love is added to faith. What do they mean? A person may have true faith created in him by the Holy Spirit, but if love is not added to it, they claim that faith is absolutely worthless. 
the Romans declare that if love is not added to faith, such faith may be genuine, but it is not justifying faith. In the Council of Trent, Canon 28, Chapter 7, when love is not added to it, faith neither forms a vital union with Christ, nor does it make a person a living member of the body of Christ. So the Romans understand faith to be mere lifeless agreement with the doctrines of the church. Love, they say, must be added to faith, and that's how faith will justify you. Now, that's what the whole Protestant Reformation was about, that we don't believe that, as the Bible says, if faith does not justify in the first place, then something must be added to its achievement to achieve justification. And he uses the example of Matthew 19, I often quote from Mark 10, the same thing. A rich young man says, what good deed must I do? Jesus answers that question. Oh, you want to do a good deed to get to heaven? Keep the commandments. And then give all your money to the poor and come follow me. Jesus says, therefore, that true salvation is believing in him. So, no matter how good a person's faith is, the Romans believe it will not save him unless love is added. That's like saying, and here's the kind of a parable from Walter, no matter how good the apple tree is, unless you add the fruit to it, it will not be an apple tree. The opposite is actually true. Apples do not make an apple tree. Rather, the apple tree produces apples. And, and that's how we understand that our good works do not make us saved, but having faith in Jesus Christ saves us and then spontaneously produces good works. That's really quite different. In other words, we Lutherans do distinguish between fake and genuine faith. Fake faith addresses matters intellectually and believes the history of the Bible. But that's fake faith because there's no trust in the promises that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. True faith believes the promises of the gospel namely that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and also that he rose from the dead for my justification. So Walter spent some time in showing that the Roman church does not understand the term faith as the Bible teaches it. Love is not the form of faith, rather Faith is a form of love. It is not that love creates faith, but that faith creates love. 
And it is not that love that is created that gives faith its true essence. Rather, faith gives love its true essence. He quotes Galatians 5, verse 6. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. And he explains what Paul means. See, faith works through love. The error of the Romans is that it's not proper faith until love is added. But he points out that that corrupts the text and twists it. Paul does not faith does not say that faith justifies by our love or that faith makes a person acceptable by love. He states that works are performed by faith through love. It's kind of like a parent and a child. How is the child a child of the parent? Not because he does good works in the family. His good works occur because, guess what? He is a member of the family by being begotten or adopted. Next week, we'll look at the 22nd evening lecture, which gives us into the next thesis. And tomorrow was Weth Reimnitz. We'll talk about a subject that I'm sure you will find interesting. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.